Welcome to In the Wake with Whitley. Here on this podcast, we cover mental health, life lessons, mindset growth, and tons of storytelling. Together, we'll laugh, we'll cry, and everything in between. I'm your host, Whitley Rogers. I'm a certified life coach and mental health advocate. I'm also a survivor of sexual and mental abuse. I'm here to open up those conversations that are normally uncomfortable or hush-hush in society. Keep listening for bits and pieces of my personal journey and insights along with other interviewees. All right, I am back here today with a new guest that I am super excited to talk to. I'm very pumped for this conversation. And when I first connected with Shu, he had sent me his book and I think I read it within two to three days because it really piqued my interest. And I think that, you know, feminism and gender equality coming from a man and from his perspective is super important and we need more men like him. So I'm very excited to get to know him along with the rest of you and to hear his message. So I will let you introduce yourself a little bit. Tell us who you are and what is your story? Well, first of all, Whitley, thank you for the introduction and thank you for inviting me to be on your podcast. I've been looking forward to this conversation. Yeah, of course. Okay, so a little bit about me. My name is Shu Matsuo Post. I am a husband, a new father, four months old son and feminism advocate and i'm the author of the book i just published on december 1st it's called i took her name and it's a story of my journey into vulnerability authenticity and feminism when i took my wife's name after marriage when i changed my name in japan uh, which is my home country i went through this series of visits to the city hall and family court and all that and that really opened my eye about the society that we live in and also the gender norms that we have in our society so i decided to do more research and uh, actually publish what i found out that's the quick version of my story that's perfect so I always like to start these conversations by dissecting the myths or misunderstandings that people have. So let's talk about that in regards to feminism. What do you feel are the stigmas or just general misunderstandings that men hold around feminism or even calling themselves feminists? I think there are a few. The first one, and uh, the one that I actually used to think about too, admittedly, was all feminists are, you know, lesbians and brotherly <laughs> radicals who hate men. You know, that's because we do see that kind of image on media. And oftentimes, a lot of people associate that image with the feminism. The second one is feminism has made women equal now, and there is no need for feminists or the current women's movement. This is absolutely not true. There is still a major gap all over the world between you know men and women in terms of equality so we need feminism third one is women can't be feminine and be a feminist at the same time and this is uh, kind of relates to the first one if you're a feminist like you don't like men and you're lesbians and you can't be feminine which all those statements are not true obviously you can have feminine qualities and still be a feminist 100%. Right. Fourth, I I got a couple more. If a man calls himself a feminist, he is gay or he's anti-men. And this is very problematic also because it's a homophobic statement as well. And there are gay men who are feminists and there are straight men who are 
feminist as well. All kinds. Sexual orientation doesn't matter. The last one is the myth is I'm just trying to be, quote, woke or to get attention for a movement that no longer needs attention. I've gotten this feedback, especially now that I associate myself with the term feminist. Some people think like, oh man, you're so woke. You're trying to preach to other men and trying to get attention and all that stuff. And I am trying to get attention for the movement, trying to have the movement get attention, but I'm not trying to get attention for myself. I just believe this is something that's super important, especially for men. This is not something that I used to think about, admittedly. But Mm -hmm. more men, I feel like, need to be thinking about this to support this gender equality movement. Yeah, I've noticed a lot of maybe toxic masculinity around feminism, that if you align with the feminist movement or call yourself a feminist, then you're weak. Like you were saying, you're anti-men. And it's really problematic because I think... You mentioned this in your book, and I think it's a good point that like feminism is also for men, like it benefits men as well when you have gender equality and when you no longer put women in these boxes, you're also giving permission for men to be set free from the boxes and the labels and what they should be or not being able to express their emotions and vulnerability and all that. So I definitely think that feminism is for men and that men need to be in the fight for gender equality. So that was along the lines of my next question, which is what place do men have in the feminist movement? And further, why do you believe the patriarchy is also harmful to men? Yeah, this applies to any movement. But if only half the population is working toward dismantling patriarchy, I think it's going to take a very long time to see any sort of progress or change. The 50% of the population is women and the other 50 is obviously men. So men definitely need to be on board with this. For me, there's something that I've noticed is it's very beneficial for men as well. Because patriarchy is what feminism movement is trying to dismantle. And patriarchy is all about power, right? So men holding more power over women and so on. And while women are the ones who are directly influenced by patriarchy, it's also harmful to men as well, because I think patriarchy is the main source of rigid gender norms. And rigid gender norms can be harmful for both women and men. And I think, you know, over the the last few decades or so, because of the the movement, feminism movement, I think it's very common to hear words like independence. Girls and women need more independence, you know, explore the, the gender spectrum per se. So you see, you know, more and more women that are more powerful, independent, which is awesome, empowered women. And at the same time, I I feel like, you know, men are still kind of stuck in this men box. You know, there's like a strict gender norms of what it's like to be a man, how to be a man, what it means to be masculine. And manhood doesn't have to be a certain way. And when we think that way, you're supporting feminism, gender equality, because you're saying no to rigid gender norms, right? So you can Mm -hmm. actually explore other side of the gender spectrum, feminine side, which is beautiful side as well. I'm not saying all masculinity traits are negative or anything like that. They're all beautiful. But when you only have those and trying to have those, that can be toxic as well. So mm-hmm. I think it's important to explore other qualities outside of the quote unquote traditional masculine qualities. 
And I think that also would tie into a myth around gender equality, that gender equality is only important to the LGBTQ community. And that also isn't true because if you are a heterosexual male, but you're more intuitive or you're more creative or emotional and you want like these vulnerable connections with people, but you are clouded with the patriarchy and with toxic masculinity that's telling you that's not allowed and that you need to suppress your emotions because then you're weak and you can't be vulnerable because then, you know, you're not powerful and just all of these narratives that put people into boxes so that they can't freely explore who they are or freely express who they are. And it's not just for women and it's not just for the LGBTQ community. Absolutely. And if you take a look at suicidal rates, way more percentage of men are committing suicide right. all over the world. And that's because of the mental stress or issues that they go through and you know, having to feel like that they can't reach out to anybody else for support. And I think that comes from trying to be masculine, you know, masculine men or real men, quote, don't need other people's support. They can control their emotions and be just fine. And if you ask for support, that's a sign of weakness, uh, mm -hmm. which is not true. To me, showing your vulnerability is actually a sign of strength because yes. that takes bravery. It takes courage to show your emotions and express what you need, especially emotionally from others. We, we need more of that. More men should feel free to, to ask for help when they need. And society, their communities and people around them shouldn't judge them because of that. Right. Well, and that's just a normal part of being human, you know, needing that connection and relying on others and feeling a wide variety of emotions and you know being vulnerable like that's just a part of human nature and that isn't assigned to females or males it's an everyone thing and so it's just kind of weird that we've put it into these boxes that like that's weak that's feminine don't do that mm -hmm. 100% agree all right so what does gender equality mean or look like to you? And how are you actively fighting for gender equality? Yeah, this is something that I ask myself every day. And I think that the big picture to me, gender equality means equal representation of gender at mm -hmm. every level or at an organization, institution or community. So to give you an example, you know, I read that 50-50, like if you look at college graduates, like 50% of the graduates are women and the other 50 are men, which is awesome. And if you look at some companies, so for example, S&P 500 companies, 45% of all employees are women. But if you take a look at the leadership positions, only about a quarter of leadership positions are held by women. And if you take a look at the CEO position all the way to the top, it's only 5% are held by women, right? So mm -hmm. you see a huge gap, you know, as you go up. And then the leaders, their senior leaders in those organizations are usually the ones that make policies and regulations and the systems within the organizations, right? right? So if there's no equal representation at the top, those policies will be basically made by men who don't know what it's like to be a woman. So it's not right. a fair representation of organization as a whole. This is just by gender. And I know you've had guests who talked about like intersectionality, mm -hmm. and that's very important as well. 
well. So it's important to have the equal representation at every level for organization, government, institution, and community. You know, that's something that I'm actively talking about within my organization, that organization that I work for. And, and also, I think education is important. You know, I'm not going to be able to make a change like this and then like, okay, yeah. we're going to have equal representation mm-hmm. starting tomorrow or next year. Like, it's going to take a long time and it's going to have to start from within the organization mm-hmm. and also from the top, like a top-down approach. So what I'm focusing on is educating the younger generation because um, I have a lot of hope with the younger generations because they are the ones that are most affected by policies today. They are the ones that are most influential to change the policies of the future. I've done some speaking engagements with elementary school students, high school students, and university students in Japan so far. And I definitely want to continue to do more of those. And at the same time, I want to raise awareness within a company that I work for and also hopefully at other companies, especially in Japan, so that, you know, the leaders are more aware of what's happening, the gender gap that exists and what they can do in their organization. So that's something that I'm actively fighting for. Yeah, I think that's awesome. And I think representation is huge because, like you said, the people that are leading all of these different areas in our world, they are the ones that are creating the laws and the rules and just how our society works. And so if it is majorly men, then that's going to continue to enable the patriarchy. But I think if we have more representation of what our population that is diverse actually looks like within leadership, then yeah, you know, you have people that are aware of the different needs and the different wants. I think we see that with a lot of men making laws around like reproductive rights. You know, they've never been in these positions. They don't know what that looks like. They don't know our needs, but they are the ones in leadership making the laws and the rules around this kind of stuff. And that just logically doesn't make a lot of sense. So I agree that representation is huge within gender equality. Yeah, I don't usually make political statements publicly, but when it comes to reproductive rights, I just feel like men have no rights to talk about women's, you know, reproductive rights, period. That's my opinion. Well, because it's called gender equality, we want the different genders to be treated as equal and within the patriarchy. If people aren't aware of what patriarchy even means, it's like treating men as superior to women. And we see how that infiltrates every area of our lives within religion, within the household, within politics and the government. And they are, you know, seen as more powerful, more intelligent, stronger. They are the better leaders and their needs matter more. And so gender equality is another myth is that it's tearing men down that feels like oppression to a lot of men mm-hmm. because they're losing their status as superior. When yeah. in reality, it's just like, we just want to be seen as equals. Mm-hmm. We don't want to oppress you. That's not what feminism is about, is like reversing the roles where women are more powerful and superior. Like, no, we just want to level the playing field so we mm-hmm. have equal opportunities and we have equal representation. Totally. So there is a quote that goes 
privilege is invisible to those who have it.、Mm-hmm. And I think it's so true. You know, when you have privilege, like seeing people fight for equality, that feels like oppression, but it really shouldn't. You're not the victim、mm-hmm. if you have privilege. And if you don't know if you have privilege, you have. Privilege, basically.、Right. <laughs> you know, that's exactly what I went through actually when I was changing my name in Japan. I married a, an American individual. So we actually got married in the US first. Long story short, we decided to combine our last names to keep our identity and we wanted our children to have the same last name. So my name was Matsuo. My wife's name was Post. And we decided to combine our last name to Matsuo Post. And we just did that. In the US, so easily. The day after our wedding, we just went to the city hall. All we had to do was just to sign a paperwork, and that's it. At the same time, we were actually moving to Japan. So, for me, moving back to Japan, and I wanted to do the same thing. So, I went to the city hall and then told the person, like, hey, I'm going to change my name. The person was like, no, you can't do that. You're in Japan. In Japan, you can't have two separate last names as a married couple. You have to have the same last name as a married couple,、mm-hmm. which I vaguely knew, but I didn't know how strict it was. It's a controversial topic in Japan right now, not being able to have separate names as a married couple.、Um, interesting. Yeah. So combining names wasn't an option, obviously. I had to go to the family court to plead my case and going back and forth. And I finally was able to actually change my name. By literally taking my wife's new name because she had changed her name already.、Mm-hmm. And I was only able to do that because I married a foreign person as a Japanese national. So、wow. it's just a long story. And I was like, wow, I didn't realize I had this privilege of not having to think about changing my name. I didn't think I was going to change my name growing up because I didn't know a man who changed his name you know, around me. So、yeah. I think you know, being a man, I definitely had that privilege. After going through that experience, I started to think about what other privilege do I have? Because you know, I'm a Japanese man, cisgender, heterosexual, tall. I'm 6'1,、wow. 186 centimeters, so pretty tall for Japanese and able bodied, healthy, like all that stuff. And I didn't realize how privileged I am, that experience that I went through. Of name changing process gave me the new perspective of what it's like to be in someone else's shoes. So,、mm-hmm. really gave me, I guess, empathy and something that I'm still practicing. But yeah, going back to your point, I understand why a lot of, especially men, feel like feminism is like oppression for them. In reality, it helps both sexes, it empowers women, and also it frees men, a lot of men as well. Good for humanity. Yeah. I agree. And I was going to actually ask that question about how your life has changed since shifting into a feminist perspective. Like, how have you shown up to life differently now that you've had a little bit of insight of what that looks like? So, the shorter answer is I feel a lot freer. Like, I know who I am, like, my core values are, and I feel very confident. And more content with who I am than before. I still go through, there are lots of doubts in my head, like, are you sure you want to continue with this path, advocating feminism in the public space and, and all that stuff? Because I do get some criticism,、mm-hmm. but I do believe this is the right thing to do for me, for everyone, actually. But going back to your point, I used to think that to be a successful man, I had to be a certain way.、Mm-hmm. I used to think manhood was a certain way. You know, I have very high expectations for myself and used to beat myself. 
myself if I wasn't living up to the expectations that I set myself. You know, I realized a lot of those expectations actually came from societal expectations. You know, if you're a man, you got to be tough. You got to be stoic. Don't show emotions. You win at sporting events or any types of competition, right? Win at Mm -hmm. life. And I felt like I had a very limited view of masculinity or what it's like to be a man, quote unquote, successful men in society. And once I let go of my limited view of masculinity, you know, I became more generous with others and with myself. It's okay to have high expectations, but it's okay if you don't meet them. It doesn't mean you're worth less, you know, you're enough. So that's the narrative that I started to tell myself. And also I became more that way with others as well. You know, judging people is, I think it's something that every person does, but I judge less. Or when I do, like I ask my question, why I judge the way I do so that I'm more aware of what I'm doing. And then like, hey, people have other opinions or perspectives. It's okay. You know, they're going through their lives and it doesn't have to be that way. My life as well, it doesn't have to be the manhood or a life that the social media, you know, people around you think you should have. You can just have the life you want. You can set your measurements of success. And if you meet that, that's a great success. It doesn't have to be validated by society all the time. Yeah, yeah once I let go of that, I feel a lot freer. That definitely came from a uh, feminism perspective. I love that. I love that so much. And I love that you keep mentioning the word free, that you feel a lot more free. Because I think when we do put what it means to be a man, what it means to be a woman into these boxes, you know, there are these pressures externally on all of these people that they have to be a certain way. And if they don't want to necessarily act this part or they don't feel that that's aligned with who they are or they just don't measure up to all of these expectations of manhood or something then they think what's wrong with me what am I doing wrong so yeah I think when we have gender equality and we're joining the feminist movement like it does free men from all of those pressures and expectations and labels that you can just be however you want to be and decide what feels good to you and what feels true to you rather than feeling like you need to meet a certain set of standards that have been put on you by society. Totally. You know, these days I cry a lot more and it feels good, uh, hey. whether it's like a happy cry or sad or, you know, just watching like an emotional TV mm-hmm. show, you know, I feel it. And I used to feel like, oh, no, 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 never cry. Like, don't let that emotion show, don't let emotion show to other people because that's a sign of weakness. And I really used to think that way. The more I did it, I suppressed my emotions. Eventually, I started to not feel any emotions. Mm. And I didn't know who I was. I couldn't connect with the deepest self in me. Mm-hmm. And that was problematic as well and operated by everything that's kind of black and white no emotions you know let's just do this and get it done and that's it and it felt transactional some relationships felt very transactional you know things i did felt transactional for me that wasn't okay i i knew there was more to life than that that was kind of like the beginning of my journey into Mm -hmm. feminism yeah i think that might be like the saddest part is the suppression of emotions that 
being emotional is a girly thing or a bad thing or, or treated as weak. When, like I said earlier, like an emotional experience is just part of our human experience is mm-hmm. to feel things. Mm-hmm. And I feel like that just makes you alive and fulfilled living in an emotional like highs and lows and feeling all the things. Whereas I feel like for manhood or toxic masculinity says the only okay emotion to express is anger because that is strong, that's powerful, that's loud, that's manly. And so I think I've seen that with different people in my life where they've suppressed a lot of their emotions, but obviously you can't shove down your emotions forever. And so it like explodes in anger when really they might not be angry. They might be hurt. They might be sad. They might have a lot of feelings underneath, but the only one they feel safe to express is anger. So yeah, once again, like being free to express your emotions or just feel your emotions in general is is huge. Yeah, I love what you mentioned about the only acceptable feeling that men are kind of allowed to express is anger and aggression. It's so true. Because of that, I feel like a lot of men struggle with uh, putting words into the feelings that they have. So like the vocabulary, like emotional vocabulary is so limited. And that's how I feel at least. And there Mm -hmm. are so many different types of feelings. And it's beautiful to express that in the most articulate way that's the human experience that's being alive and it's something that i'm still practicing putting Mm -hmm. those words into the feelings that i have but i think that's the the emotional intelligence part we talk about eq being so important in today's day and age like some people say it's more important than iq and i i agree the connection is what we crave as human beings and it's important to practice that as human Yeah, yeah it's a beautiful part to life Mm-hmm. So I want to unpack and discuss a few of these commonly used sexist phrases that you actually mentioned in your book. So I'll just mention them one by one and we'll go through like why they are considered sexist and why they might be harmful and what we can say in replacement of them. So the first one I want to mention is be a man or man up. So this is a sexist statement because this usually refers to showing courage Mm -hmm. and courage is not reserved for one particular gender. I think a lot of people, men and women, say this to men who not being courageous. You know, if someone is acting like a baby, tell him to grow up instead. If it's tied to a man showing emotions, that's actually a courageous act. So, Mm -hmm. hey, like it's okay to show your emotions. Like I encourage to express yourself. But saying like, hey, be a man, man up. Don't share your emotions. Yeah, that's not good. That's sexist and not good for the men's mental health. Right. It's okay to not be okay and and express that. But also Mm -hmm. just the attributing confidence or courage to being a man is on the other side really insulting to women that like to be powerful or to be courageous or strong means you're masculine or like you're not allowed to be that as a woman or something that it's reserved for strong men. Yeah. All right. So the next one would be grow a pair and on the reverse, don't be a pussy. This is probably my favorite. And it's, oh man, if you really think about it, it's not correct. The uh, comedian 
Betty White said it the best. Balls are so weak and sensitive. <laughs> <laughs> right. And if you want to be tough, you know, she says, grow a vagina. <laughs> those things can take a pounding. And it's so true if you Birth think human. about it. Yeah. So it's, they are very, very powerful and strong. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. You know, this is like, you know, often used to insult men, like, hey, grow a pair. And then most men hate hearing these words used against them mm -hmm. because it's the sign of weakness. And again, not having balls, testicles, like that's a sign of weakness. It's also insulting to women. Just say it's okay to be sensitive and show your emotions. Curse that. Instead Use, of shutting it down. Exactly, and shutting it down. Yeah. It's the same thing along the lines of the last one of on both ends, it's saying men are supposed to be strong. And if you're called something feminine, like don't be a girl, don't be a pussy, that you're weak and that that's an insult. And that shouldn't be an insult to be compared to a woman. And that also shows the patriarchal society in how we view men as superior and women as, you know, weak and inferior. Mm -hmm. Less than, which is the next one, which is insert like a girl. Don't mm -hmm. do that like a girl. You know, if you're using this phrase to refer to weakness or incompetence, you know this is sexism. I've seen this video clip of President Obama celebrating the members of the U.S women's soccer team for their athleticism and he said playing like a girl means you're a badass and, <laughs> you know you can use it as a like, yeah. positive thing as well and if that's the case i think it's totally fine to use it but if you use it to show like oh you're weak this is sexist because again throwing being a girl as weak and weak is bad and it's belittling it's belittling mm -hmm. to women. So the next one is my least favorite. I hate when this is used. <laughs> and that is boys will be boys. There's just no accountability. Like, mm -hmm. oh, boys will be boys. No, boys will be held accountable yes. uh, for their actions, <laughs> right? Because you never hear the reverse. Girls will be girls. Right. I, I don't think so. Uh, <laughs> and the people will be like, wait, that sounds weird because mm -hmm. why is it okay to hold girls accountable for their actions but not boys it's a huge double standard and this is my least favorite as well <laughs> i feel like at least growing up that boys weren't held as accountable like because i was told like girls mature faster so they are more emotionally intelligent faster and boys are going to be childish and they're gonna do their boyish things and so you know boys will be boys but then girls are over here being treated as more adult-like or more mature that isn't fair because then girls aren't allowed to you know be kids or let loose while boys aren't being held responsible responsible or accountable for their actions. Absolutely. So the last one I wanted to touch on was no homo or just throwing out the insult of like, that's gay or don't be gay, you're gay kind of thing. Well, first of all, very homophobic. Well, men and boys usually say this after disclosing their intimate feelings about mm -hmm. their close male friends to make sure that they aren't sounding gay. Like I said, it's a homophobic app to begin with. And it's kind of referencing that boys can't have intimate relationships, two straight boys or two straight men or mm -hmm. multiple you know, male friends. They can't have intimate relationships without being sexual. So that's also a dangerous statement as well. Boys need intimacy with other, other boys and men likewise. 
because you know it's more acceptable for girls and women to have their girlfriends talk about their feelings and it should be okay for boys to do the same thing with with their boys you know this is something i started to do with my friends that are male i just say like hey i love you right like, i love you man like that's how i feel and there's <laughs> nothing sexual about it obviously unless yeah. they make it to be or make <laughs> it to be. say how you feel about your best buddy you yeah. can express appreciation and love and hug your friends or all those things. But then I, I see it often like mocked or made fun of. They'll show a sign of intimacy or connection or emotional vulnerability. And then they retreat and they're like, oh, no homo, no homo, bro. <laughs> and it's mm -hmm. like, why can't you just express that freely and mm -hmm. have those kinds of connections with your friends? It's again, totally normal. It's demeaning to LGBTQ community because Along the same lines, it's saying that emotions are weak and you're weak for not being straight. And it's just the same narrative over and over again. Yeah. All right. So to kind of wrap up, what do you want listeners to take away from this episode? And what would you say to someone struggling with these topics? I would start with that manhood doesn't have to be a certain way. And feminism, promoting gender equality mm -hmm. is good for everyone, including men. So yes. it's good for women good for men and good for humanity. And what I would say to someone struggling is that it's okay. It's like such a cliche, you know, being yourself, it's so important. And just really think about what it means to be yourself. What do you believe in? When you live in your values all the time, what does it look like? How does it show up? As long as you're firm, with your values and what you believe and acting consistently, staying true to yourself. You know, you don't have to worry about what society might think of you or what other people think of you. You don't owe any explanation. And I think you'll start to meet more people who are more like-minded that you can connect deeper with. I'd say that would be my message. Yeah, I love that. Thank you. Thank you for sharing. If people want to reach out, connect with you, work with you, where can they find you? I have a website. It's bilingual for the English page. It's shumatsuopost.com slash en for English. And I'm pretty active on Instagram handle, which is at shumatsuopost. If you're interested in my book, I have an Amazon page and you can just search for I took her name or type in my name, shumatsuopost. Awesome. I will have all of those linked in the show notes for anyone that wants to find you. So my very last question, I always end my episodes with a little song recommendation. Do you have a song that deeply resonates with, with you and your story? Yeah, I knew you were going to ask this. So I've been <laughs> thinking about this for some time. So when I was writing my book, I actually listened to Run the World Girls by Beyonce. It <laughs> was a section about that. It's a super popular song and kind uh -huh. of a cliche, but it's she's awesome. And it's so empowering. This was kind of like my theme song for, for my book. So I love on. that. <laughs> That's awesome. Well, Thank you. Thank you for taking the time out of your day to be here and share your message with us. I think it's super powerful and I just appreciate you and the work you're doing. Awesome. Thank you so much for having me, Whitley. All right. That's all we have for you guys today. Thanks for listening and tune in next time.
I hope this podcast left you feeling empowered, better understood, and less alone in this crazy thing called life. If you like what you hear, leave a rating or review and share it with your friends. Thanks for listening and tune in next time.